Welcome to People from the Program, a podcast highlighting alumni from the NYU Music Business Program. Welcome, everyone, to People from the Program, uh, the podcast that highlights the career journeys of alumni from the NYU Music Business Program. I'm your host, Bryce Butler, founder and chairman of the NYU Music Business Alumni Network, and a proud alum myself of the NYU Music Business Program. On today's show, our guest is Logan Delgado. He works full-time at the Recording Academy, the nonprofit music industry trade organization behind the Grammy Awards, and runs operations at Volley Entertainment, a luxury private event entertainment company specializing in music and production for weddings, galas, and other private engagements. Logan, welcome to the show. How's it going, Bryce? Happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great to have you. Great to have you. Um, let's go ahead and and jump right in. Why don't you... You know, I always start with with this question. You know, tell the people about your journey to the NYU Music Business Program. Um, what made you want to pursue it? How'd you find it? And what got you there? Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Well, it started, I would say, in high school, as uh, many of us do, the college sort of application process and just, you know, where are you going to go to college? Whole side started to happen. And I... Right went to a performing arts high school. So I auditioned in eighth grade for high school, which is a very normal thing in New York. And then when I got to college, realized that that's not normal everywhere else. <laughs> but... <laughs> wait, 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 we gotta, we gotta stop and, and let the people know the conversation we were having offline. The, so, so, so tell the people the name of your high school. The high school is Talent Unlimited High School of the Performing Arts. Now, for those of you that don't know, you, you if you've listened to this show, you know I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I was saying to Logan off off um, off the podcast, I knew that you were probably from New York City, born and raised because of the name of the high school you went <laughs> There were not many high schools where I, where I was growing up with the big audacious title, Talent Unlimited. You know? It's very much a New York thing, but that's great stuff. <laughs> Indeed. That's that's the beauty of it. It's uh, It's one of the, I'd say, four top performing arts high schools in um, in New York City. So I was very grateful to go there. Had a very interesting high school experience. Took the subway every single day for four years from uh, Jamaica, Queens into the Upper East Side. So oh, wow. quickly became an expert on the subway system. And, <laughs> and, uh, and for those of you that don't know, um, when, you take, when you're taking the subway from Jamaica, Queens to the Lower East Side, there are some similarities, but those are two very different worlds you might be going <laughs> That is a fact. <laughs> uh, about a 50 minute commute to school every day. And I I loved it was in the city every day. Uh, knew that Manhattan and the city, you know, I, I had gone as a kid, of course, just being from Queens, but being there every single day, and having no choice but to come home at the end of the day was uh, the beginning, I think of my my love for the city and what really drew me to look at NYU and other schools in the Manhattan area, really honing in on the fact that I have, you know, you're in high school, it's like I could go, you could go to college kind of anywhere, pending, of course, cost and scholarships and all of that. But you do have the ability to go to a school on the West Coast or in middle America or anywhere. And with that in mind, I thought about it. And as I was doing my research, I realized I, I love this city. New York City is the greatest city in the world. So I wanted to stay mm. here. Yeah. Um, I applied to three schools, NYU being my top choice. And oh, I found it though. So you asked how I found the program. So this is always, this is always cool to me. Sure. So yeah. I was in high school, right? Performing arts high school. I played saxophone for all four years. Loved it. Towards the end, was like, uh, I, I was also a saxophone hey, player. Wait, in alto high or school. tenor? Or Barry? Uh, I played alto, wow. tenor, and Barry. All ranges of the spectrum. Yeah. All ranges. Now, what I really wanted to play was soprano mm. sax, but we could not afford soprano That's why I didn't even sax, mention so. it. Most high schools don't even have that. That's like something you unlock in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't play in college, but I was a band guy. Oh, awesome. So we have, we have similar experiences there. Yeah, and absolutely. towards the end of high school, I was like, I love this world of music, but I just, I'm not... I'm not with the practicing. I don't really care about like performing, but I love this world. So I was like, what do I do? Like, do I want to make beats kind of, but not really. I just, I love the, right. I got really involved in just student government towards the end of high school and all just like the organizational managerial aspects of 
shows and, and including the shows outside of my major. I was stage managing the dance shows and the drama shows and the musical theater shows. So I really just Googled. I was like, what jobs are there in music? And I shout out to NYU's uh, marketing or ad agency or whatever, because the music business program was mm -hmm. the first thing that popped up. And I started reading oh, I was wow. on the website. I started reading the curriculum and saw business structure of the music industry and uh, brand partnerships and music publishing. And I was like, whoa, that's awesome that there's a whole major about this. And I didn't even realize that there is an industry side of music, like a behind the scenes, full-time career aspect that I could do and not be a wow. performer because yeah. I knew I didn't want to, but I wanted to be in this world. So that, so I found that program at, NYU and then was like, okay, you know, the whole, you need a reach school, you need a safety school, all that for college applications. So because of the NYU music business program, I was like, there has to be other music business programs. So those will be like, you know, my second and third choice. But the one that I found that made me even realize this is a thing is of course my top choice. So that's really what led me to the program. I did the, uh, the, the good old singing somewhere over the rainbow and a couple scales for the for the application which i am not a singer so that was a terrifying thing but um <laughs> shout out to carlos who i talked to years later and he was like oh yeah i remember your your singing video um and clearly it was good <laughs> enough so um and the essays of course and i was accepted very grateful very happy and i decided to dorm freshman year which was a which was a big thing and, and very grateful. I got a very good scholarship to the school. So I was able to dorm and that was an important thing because I knew I didn't really know about the music industry yet, right? I'm new to it. But I knew that like I had to be there. You have to be in the space. It's not it's not really a program where right. or a or an industry where you could just like take the subway in every day, go to class and then leave. And my commute would have been an leave. hour and yeah. a half, not 50 minutes. So that's about three hours a day, which I did do for one semester, right. which it saved a lot of money. But I really I lived that life and realized that that is uh, not how I can I can grow <laughs> in this. So um, yeah. I dormed freshman year and it was great. I met all the people in the program, was able to indulge in all of the activities, networking opportunities, Mondo conference at Kimmel, all of the above. Um, mm. And yeah, I think I'm getting ahead, but that was, that's how I got there and figured it all out. And figured it all. So it's interesting because I like talking to people that have graduated from with the bachelors when, you know, mine was different. I went for the masters because, because you had to do that audition mm. <laughs> and, and, and we did, and, and we did not, um, we didn't have to do any singing, any dancing or, or, or anything <laughs> like that. So I imagine that was a little bit of a source of stress for you. Oh, definitely. And it's, you know, there's a lot of people in the undergrad program that are musicians came in as musicians or still musicians. And that's what brought right. them in. So it was like, the essay was the hardest part for them, which, you know, the essay was not easy, but the like amount of sheer, I went to like the vocal teacher at my high school and was like, I have this audition. <laughs> like I, I, and I'm not a singer by any means, nor do I want to be, nor am I good. So how do I do this? Um, so it was definitely a, a funny stress point of it, which they, you know, and they say it's just really to show that you can put the effort in and, and are not fully toned down. Right. You don't have to be a, a good a good singer though. So that was a little comforting. It is it is the music business, and you have to exactly. have some ears for the actual music. Yes. So so wait. So just a little bit off topic. When you went to your coach, um, in 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 high school, did you have like one song prepared? You're like, let's just focus on this one song, or was it more of a holistic thing? We're just gonna get your voice. It was right? honestly. So what the the rubric was, you had to sing somewhere over the rainbow. You had to sing a scale. And then of, I believe like a verse and a chorus, or maybe just a chorus of a song of your choosing. So I did Hotel California. And <laughs> cause I was like, at first it was funny. At first I wanted to do Marry You by Bruno Mars. Cause I just thought, I, I don't okay. know why, but then I realized it was way too high. And I was like, I'm not gonna struggle to try and hit this for, for just it. So then I did Hotel California. <laughs> but when I went to the vocal teacher, what I really was struggling with was just like, 
the scale and somewhere over the rainbow because somewhere over the rainbow starts with the octave which i'm not even going to attempt to do right now but and nor would i hit it but that <laughs> like hitting that octave was i mean that that was difficult i had no training ever whatsoever so yeah funny funny aspect of the start but it all worked out <laughs> it all worked out you put the practice exactly. in it paid off and so and and now you're here which is great also too I see as part of your experience is that you were an RA, which was great because I was a hey. GA during my time. Um, yes, I was now, you know, obviously I'm a little older than you. So when I went, uh, I was a grad assistant over, I mean, down in lower Manhattan at water Ooh. street. Um, when they had, yeah, they had a dorm down there and I was a grad assistant there where you yeah. were at Ruben. So yeah, a little bit of a different, little bit of a different experience, but yeah, being a GA working in res life at NYU was definitely, um, it was interesting. Oh, interesting for sure. I, I loved it. I, I, uh, I was at Ruben. I lived at Ruben freshman year and then lived there my last two years. So pretty much three out of the four years, uh, at NYU was in the <laughs> same building, uh, which is currently, it, it, it is December, 2023. It is currently getting renovated for the first time. And like, I mean, probably a century it was the <laughs> probably since i was yeah definitely past since i was, it was there the dorm with no air conditioning which people always uh yes, hated it on. Was. but then our response was you know for whatever reason it was the dorm that everyone went to because it was the popping spot all of, all of the freshmen that lived there all their friends from nice old third north and founders would come on over to ruben because that's where it was happening so it was great to be there as a resident. And then uh, the last two years, which, you know, whole side conversation, but the last two years was a mix of COVID, which was a very different RA and dorm experience. Um, but I was fully there throughout all of COVID, which is, uh, which is definitely a unique experience. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can only imagine. And then like, yeah, I, being a grad student, I wanted no parts of any dorms that had no <laughs> Right. <AC>. You're <laughs> like, I did my undergrad already. Yeah. <laughs> I've earned air conditioning at the <laughs> Yes, yes. So no AC <laughs> for me, but I really enjoyed being a grad, um, a grad assistant in res life. That was that was an interesting thing. And I was also in charge of judicials at Water Street. So we have Wait, that in common as judicials? well. Um, I had to enforce the university policies. I had to make sure that if there were any disciplinary actions for students, they oh, came to wow. see me. Oh, wow. You were the big cheese. I mean, you could say <laughs> a little bit of that. I always tell people, don't make me choose between you and this two-floor duplex <laughs> I'm living in right now. Because the duplex is That's always the That's the difference between an RA and a GA. <laughs> <laughs> that's the difference right there living living a little bit different with that situation okay so okay so you audition you get into the program you know i'm sure you're super excited what was it like just with your family and everything i'm curious when you said i want to pursue a career in the music business because when i talk to people from our program the the reaction from family to pursue entertainment as a business is very wide so what was that like for you? <laughs> um, I have definitely heard a lot of different stories from peers. I am truly grateful for both my, my mom and my dad. They are and were very supportive of it. Uh, of course, me, I think going to a performing arts high school and already having such a focus on that as a career right. from the time I was 13 definitely had a, a part in it. Um, they both are creatives in their in their own right my mom is in is a fine artist and my dad uh was is, is not as into the creative anymore but you know grew up in queens in the 90s so definitely wrote a few bars back then and <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it did he just go by did you did he just go by delgado that was the name <laughs> yeah, right actually, there. <laughs> so his name is rich and he's gonna love it i'm shouting this out in the podcast right now but he went by rich dogs <laughs> There you go, rich dogs. <laughs> now, what, do you know what his style was like? Was it real East Coast? Was it more swagged out? <laughs> Super New more, York, um, like Super New thing? York for sure. <laughs> and and they, I would say that <laughs> him and my mom growing up very both in Queens in the '90s, like graduated high school, I oh. think in '94. So like we're we're in the prime oh, wow. of it all. 
certainly shaped my love for for hip-hop i mean i really i I feel like i discovered rock in high school because i grew up solely on hip-hop which i'm very grateful for (laughs) and really put me on the path of just like that passion for music and uh certainly growing that into a career where now it's i mean pretty much my full life oh man i mean so you are new york new york you know, through and through with your parents and growing up here. I mean, you talk about growing up in, in Queens and being from there and being there in the 90s. I mean, listen, that could be like being a power an episode of Power or something like <laughs> right. that. Right. <laughs> the origin story. <laughs> yeah, it's an origin story. <laughs> no, that's great. And shout out to your dad, man. Shout out to hip hop, man. Being in New York, the birthplace Absolutely. of hip hop. Absolutely. Shout out to mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Mom and dad supportive. You're going. You're going to go pursue this on the business side. So when you get there, you're going through the program. You're meeting people. What was your favorite class from the program and why? And I always like talking to the undergrad alums about this because, you know, there's obviously similarities between the master's and undergrad program, but there are some differences with Village Ooh. Records and all this other stuff. So what was your favorite class and why was Good it? Good question. It, I mean, the, I always say in the music business program, we take music classes like theory and history and all that. We take business classes in Stern, like marketing and accounting, yes. and then we take music business classes. Yes. And those truly were my favorite. And it is right. hard to choose, but two really, I lo- I truly love them all. Two really stand out though. And I don't know if I can pick one, so I'm going to say two. I don't know if I can pick two. <laughs> I'll give you two. I'll um, give you two. But one was the intro class, Business Structure of the Music Industry. What I love about oh, that and just Larry, the director of our program, the GOAT, he makes it a point to teach that class to freshmen, which I didn't realize how big of a deal that was until mm. I would talk to all of my other friends that are in completely different programs and whether it's, you know, applied psychology in Steinhardt or or Tisch or anything like that. But the, the director of the program usually doesn't even touch the freshman. Like you don't even meet that person until you're like a junior or a senior. They won't even right. let you come they, the they have you know the people that kind of deal with the freshman <laughs> class. But I think one, our major being so small and the, the undergrad class, each class is about 50 to 60 students. So the whole undergrad is around 200. And so him teaching that class as the director of the program and just the knowledge that he has, I think that like him teaching the class, but then also the content of the class itself, where every week it's literally just a deep dive, of course, like a, a top level deep dive into each aspect of the industry, because then sort of every class you take for the next four years is about each thing that he talked about, because it's, you know, we, we cover everything, live publishing, recorded music, licensing, every, every aspect of it in, in one class. So that was cool, because I feel like that's the first time that's great. a lot, I mean, me and all of my peers really, or I'd say like 90% of them, learn truly all of the aspects of the business and how it really works. Because we come in and we know about the industry, yeah, but we great. don't know all of the intricacies and you really get that from that class absolutely and i think that that's what puts everyone on the path of where they want to go and what they're interested in and you know someone hears about publishing and the the depths of publishing for the first time and then at the end of the class they're like yep that's that's what i want to specialize in that's what i want to do uh or live or anything like that so that class and then quickly data analysis in the music industry stands out Mm. it's a super Mm. i feel like super nerdy class because it's data analysis so like we're in spreadsheets we're dealing with data like (laughs) exactly (laughs) but i i think i'm a little (laughs) bit of a of a nerd in that sense where like if you can manipulate data to get concrete results that can help you in any facet where whether it's a you're a manager and you're you know seeing the growth of streams and where the streams of your artists are more, whether it's location or time of year or anything like that. Like that's all information that you can use to then target your, your next campaign or anything like that. And that's just one example of what data can do. And I never thought of data or computer science really as so important until that class where we, we had this guy come in and he taught us how to use an API 
from a Google sheet to pull information from Spotify to then have that on a 24 hour circuit. So it would constantly refresh. And then there was this app we could download on our phone so that it was an app. And that all there, I was like, what the heck? This is insane. This is, first of all, I, I can't code, but I can do what he just did because he taught us how to do it. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, listen, APIs are. Yeah. So that, it, it, I think the classes blew my mind and it really made me realize how important technology is for, I mean, the music industry and just everything. We have, you know, the whole AI, just everything happening with that right now. So those, those two classes really stand out in, in those respects. Yeah, those are two. Those are two great classes, man. Hearing you talk about that makes me want to go back and audit those classes. And sit <laughs> for in. sure, shout out to yeah. Professor Rosie Black for the the data analysis class. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so so you got your favorite class. You're going through the program. You know, you're picking up all of these experiences. So when it's all said and done, if you had to pick one main takeaway you got from the program. What would you say it would be? Mm. I was at a new student seminar a few weeks ago for an alumni panel and a similar question was asked. It was more so like, what's one word that comes to mind? And when you asked that question, the same word came to mind as a takeaway from the program. And that is community. I think that the, the classes mm -hmm. are so important because it's the foundation, but at the end of the day, this is the entertainment business. It is the music industry. And so it's really what you're doing outside of the classes, the internships that you're required to take. I mean, I, th I think the minimum is three internships for our program, which any other college program, I think they require like one. So the fact that, they that we require three is so useful and needed because it's that experience you get outside. Mm -hmm. And within the program, like I said, it's so small where, I mean, you're like, freshman class is 50 people. So you really get to know each person. It's not that hard. It's only 50 people. And that community, even I would say from like right. day one to graduation are people that you've come up with, you've struggled with, you've hung out with, you've had like life experiences with, whether it's studying for school or it's like going to a bar in Paris while we studied abroad. Like those are things that we're all never going to forget. And it's cool to see even now being only two years out, like where we all have ended up and how everyone is truly working together. And it's such a, such a small industry that that community, I give so much credit to the music business program for, and that, that to me is, is the, the greatest like takeaway from it, like true friendships as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great takeaway. And you always hope everyone's undergrad experience, if they have one, can give them something like that. Um, because it's such a unique kind of time in everyone's life to go to college and make these relationships and kind of go out on your own, that you hope that everyone can find that right. type of community. Absolutely. Yeah. So, okay. So let's, let's go back to go forward. You talked about internships. Um, Let's let's talk about your internship experience because you did a lot of internships <laughs> and you and you started you started early. Um, I, I want to say even in high school, kind of. Oh yeah, doing internships. <laughs> what, you wanted, what you wanted to pursue. So let's talk to the listener about that because everyone has different internship experiences. What really? Because your first one being at the Bowery. What really got into your got it into your head? I need to get on this. And I need to get on this early, um, in terms of interning in the business, getting in the business, and then how did you start to progress and decide what internships you wanted to take? Well, I forgot about the Bowery, so that, that was a throwback. I also don't know how you know all this. You, you're kind of like Nardwar with this, so this is cool. You're bringing out. <laughs> <laughs> just call me. Just call me the new the new Nardwar. <laughs> Nardwar. Um, yeah, Bowery. So that was. It's so funny because I, when I think of my first internship, I think of my first at NYU, but that truly was my first when I was 15 in high school and there was this program it was i'm gonna i'm gonna botch the name but it was tony bennett's program for um inner city students pursuing a career in the arts oh, wow. so it was my high school and tony bennett was really involved in frank sinatra school of the arts uh, i think he founded it but i won't 
confirm that. You, we can fact check that. But <laughs> he's very involved in that school. And so it was a lot of uh, students from across the performing arts schools that had this opportunity to do a paid internship, which was really cool in, in high school. So oh, that nice. was that was my first. That was oh, Bowery great. Presents, which is still around, still doing a lot of great work as mm -hmm. a, yeah. Iconic, yep. Iconic, Iconic organization, organization. Um, doing shows and promotion in New York City and got my first really internship experience. Like I read through Polestar every day. And for those of you who don't know, it's like the main <laughs> touring magazine and pulled stats from every single venue within the tri-state area. Um, put it in a spreadsheet and that was what the team used to track just you know revenue and what what the competitors are doing how we're doing in comparison to them so what's cool about that and what you start to see at every other internship is that yes it's like intern work which always somehow involves a spreadsheet of some kind and data in some sort of way and plugging and playing and it's you know it's not the the, the pretty work but it's cool to see how it it truly snowballs into what the heads of the company and even like the CEOs are looking at because it's important data that that drives it. So it's always cool to see that what you're doing, even as an intern, impacts the company as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And so so then from that experience, let's then jump forward to when you start interning, you know, at the program. You know, Bowery presents events, uh, promotions, you know, the more what we'll call ex exciting stuff, right? <laughs> um, but your first internship did licensing. I did, I did. And that kind of started you on the path. So so what made you do, what made you go from maybe, you know, because you were performing arts and then concerts and then in interning at Bowery to wanting to now, let's work in licensing at a label. You know, what, what was it there that made you yeah, pursue so that? I this is my favorite thing to talk about because I came into <laughs> NYU and did the, maybe the first year and was like, I want to pursue sync licensing. That's what I want to do. That's, that's my path in the music industry. Mm. And which eventually completely changed. And honestly, ultra was a great experience. <laughs> my boss there, Jason is awesome. Shout out to him. And he uh, ran the licensing department there. And this was Ultra in 2018, so very close with Sony, but pre-Sony acquisition. And so it was a full independent label, biggest electronic independent label. And I got the internship right. through the program, so perfect for this podcast. <laughs> it was a networking event at uh, in Kimmel. I feel like it was Mondo or New York Music Week or something. And... It was, but it was in Kimmel and, you know, Larry and Shanika all in the program prep us for just networking, network, 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 go bring, mm -hmm. I remember they had us make business cards, like just for ourselves. So I mm. had like these black business cards with white text with my name on it <laughs> that I think made on Vistaprint. <laughs> and, out. Uh, you know, dressed up, put the blazer on everything and went and shook the hands and did the thing. And I met this woman who worked at ultra and this was in i want to say like november of freshman year so i guess I, I mean i'm there for like two months at this point brand new to the program and they don't really want you the program doesn't really want you interning until after freshman year um just so that you get those intro classes in so you know i'm i'm, I'm good at following the rules so i stuck to that and <laughs> except yeah because you already had true, your first true. internship back in high school <laughs> very true uh so then i went oh i emailed her in like april and she no longer worked there but connected me with someone there and i i went in and met with uh with a few people at ultra and it was so it was cool because it was really just like oh here's this person here's a student let me connect you they connected over email and they were like oh come in so i came in and i was like in my mind i'm like is this an interview like i don't even know what i'm <laughs> nothing was said like <laughs> department or anything and but it was super cool i went in they were so nice they you know took me into the office and they pretty much asked me like what am i what am i into and oh actually jason oh, wasn't in yet because 
they asked me what I what I was interested in, and I told them, you know, I had I had this one internship in high school, but I haven't had like one in college. And I said I was into sync licensing, and that's what I wanted to do. And then uh, the guy stood up and was like, "I'll be right back," and brought in Jason, who ran sync licensing, and was like, "Oh, I want you to meet him." And then we chatted, and then it was great. And then I left, and I was like still confused i was like was that an interview i was like is this what the music industry is like <laughs> <laughs> well well in terms of is the music industry going to bring the confusion? yeah always Absolutely. it's always but what's cool about it is so chill and people are so willing to to help honestly so then i think that was like june or may and then i got an email in august that was like hey like you know do you do you want this sync licensing internship and i was like heck yeah so I started uh, that the first <laughs> semester of sophomore year, and it was an amazing experience. But my best takeaway from it is that it made me realize that I do not want to do sync licensing. <laughs> like I was so. That's yo. That's people underestimate how important that is yeah. getting these internship experiences, so you can find out what you exactly. Don't want to do. And that was such a cool thing, and that's why. I was so happy I did it early on too, because I, I had a great experience. I learned a lot about sync licensing, but also just about the business. Like I, I remember back, like that's where I learned what a fully executed contract was. Like just these, these words and this vocabulary in the business that I had never heard before. And so, but at the end I realized how much I like being involved in an artist's career and being close to that and being close to the releases and, and the, the rollout of music and sync licensing is, is not that. It's more so extending the life way after and not as involved with the artist. So it was a great takeaway. And I was like, I realized that, you know, that's, that's not exactly what I want to do. And now I sophomore year, so I have time to figure out what I want to do. <laughs> so I'm gl so glad you said this. So people can get an idea or maybe they'll relate to this, that the journey is not necessarily linear or you just don't say, okay, I know I don't want to do that. So I'm ready to jump here because your next internship was on the distribution side doing marketing and sync. Yes. Symphonic. <laughs> so, okay. After you decided, oh, don't want to do that. How did you get into another <laughs> well, one? Well, it's funny because then um, I... Go to Symphonic. So, and you'll see throughout all of them, it's all the recorded side of the industry, essentially. Because I quickly realized yeah. I love going to concerts. I do not want to work in the live industry. <laughs> I realized, and honestly, what did that was the concert management class at NYU uh, that Carlos taught. And another great class, coolest thing is that the final is literally go out and plan a show in New York City, contact a venue, put together a show, sell tickets. And so oh, yeah. very oh, hands yeah. on there and oh yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my bear. God. And it was, and you know, and having never done it before, um, great experience, definitely skills that I use now. And, and even after that class, I did, I booked another show that summer, um, just cause it was a great experience. And I was like, yeah, let me keep doing this. And then kind of realized, you know, the booking that side as a main kind of, uh, career path is not so much what I love. I love the events world, but not so much like agency and 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 ticketing and that side right. um so and touring so the recorded side was always just the coolest to me so you know what makes you know what makes that job of booking and concert management fun yeah <laughs> which at that point you did not have <laughs> you got a budget that can be the most fun you've ever had when you don't get yeah. ready to grind and that's and i wish i knew about just like partnerships and sponsorships back then because that's a new thing for me right now right. it's so cool and interesting and there's so much to do there but i did yes. not know that well, however many years ago that was um but symphonic <laughs> was also such a great team there and a great experience and i got hired as marketing but then because they saw sync licensing on my resume <laughs> from ultra they were like oh do you also <laughs> want to like yep. do that in your time here and you know the golden rule of interning is as long as it's nothing illegal or absurd is to say yes <laughs> so, yes yep you so, do not say no say yep. yes so i was everything. like sure why not so split i'll split my time <laughs> and um honestly that was it was cool because it was a little bit of a different side of 
sink and um it was a brand new department i guess or or kind of sub company founded at symphonic called bodega sink and so it was it was brand new so i was a part of helping like organize it and and get it going off off of its off of its feet really and it's still a booming uh part of symphonic and that team there is awesome so that was a cool experience to do that and then also do the marketing side where i learned a lot about spotify playlisting and and that whole side of it wow that sounds like that sounds like a great experience did you see any difference what you were doing because obviously ultra records as the label versus symphonic distribution which now represents hundreds of labels and artists so was there a difference in kind of how you had to go about your job versus when you were at ultra good question i think all they're both they both operate very much in the indie world and at that time ultra had big artists like steve aoki and and kaigo so there was definitely that high level but they they truly were independent in the sense so there was a lot of comparisons i feel like if i was to point out any differences i think the fact that symphonic is more so of a label services like company it's, it's a distributor it's not a label it's not a record label by any means um i think i think they have like a, a tier that's that but essentially at the core they're they're a distribution company and not a label so it was very much that side of the indie world and like you said, they represent not only a bunch of artists, but hundreds of labels. So it was cool to see the interaction with, you have a label owner who has a roster of their own, but then that owner is one of many owners on our, our roster at Symphonic. So being able to see just how that world worked from the inside was, was really cool and, and definitely different from Ultra. Wow, great. It's mm, great info. Um, okay, so you're working at Symphonic. You you've done that internship. Now there's another one going back to the major label side, working at Universal in international marketing. So how did your previous experiences prepare you yeah, for that? Yeah, so this, I think, you know, this was, this was my favorite one. Um, I was able to work, I was a huge Jesse Reyes fan, so I was able to work on her debut album. This was Justin Bieber's Changes, uh, The Weekend After Hours. So being in the indie world before that with all my internships and then jumping to Universal and working, it was a joint services department between Island Republic and Def Jam. So Republic at that time and pretty much still now being the number one label in the world, it was an awesome jump and really cool to see how that machine works from the inside and also take that knowledge and put it into what I was doing in managing artists and, and releases and working with my peers in the music business program to, to put out records and trying to take like, okay, you know, yes, Republic and Universal, they have these insane budgets, but the ideas that they're, that they're going towards and the creativity they use is like that at a basis we can do. Uh, it's just, now it's more creativity because it's like, how can we do that with no money? So uh, that experience and also right. just understanding what international marketing was. Uh, big shout out to Myra DeCastro there who, who helped me get that internship and is still at Def Jam now. Uh, she really taught me a lot of just what that world is and how international marketing truly is the international representation of the artist and the label everywhere outside the United States. And it made me realize how the United States no. is, or the music industry is so US centric, but would truly be nothing without global and how important global is. And right. so the international department is what we call XUS, which is everything outside of the United States, which is a lot. I mean, like <laughs> yes. making sure that yes. you know the artists are being represented on New Music Friday India and New Music Friday Argentina and the, the pop radio stations in zimbabwe and like all these play like that's a lot of coverage and a lot of area and th so those teams work so hard and there's so much to it whether it's radio playlisting marketing physical billboards like out of home marketing there um just like even sync out there like that's something that those departments deal with so there's so much to it and that was that was a very enlightening period and then i was you know going mm -hmm. to 
Broadway every day, the Universal office, and for a month, thought, you know, I was having a great time, and then COVID hits. <laughs> and my life, oh. and obviously everyone's life, and the music hmm. industry shift completely. So I, so that internship was four months, and the first month was in the office, and the last four were remote. And I think that that's what set up the path for the rest of obviously my time at NYU, but also the rest of my internships, which allowed me to do more internships because they were not as like high level, I would say. And by high level, I mean, you know, they were great companies, but high level in the sense of like 40 hours a week, uh, like full fledged multi like tens and 20 of employees. They were more startups, consulting, um, sample clearance, like very much smaller companies, which was cool because I had very one-on-one -on -one time with the people who really ran the company uh, and really was involved in the day-to-day the -day of a lot of it. You know, that's a great call out and really makes sense because you were able to use that time to be a part of these different companies and just really expand your internship experience. So talk to me about Joey Harris. Joey. That is Yeah, <laughs> so Joey, a alum of the NYU grad program, like yourself, Bryce, um, is the coolest guy. <laughs> so, so smart, so talented, so connected in the industry. So he uh, runs marketing for Janet Jackson, like has been in every, worked at every major label, does like everything. I don't know when this man sleeps and he goes to Equinox and works out every day. So I don't know how he has time for it all, <laughs> but, um, he, he is the best. And my really good friend, Sam was interning with him and was his executive assistant for a little bit at, during college. And so what, what would Sam's uh, was Sam, Sam also, in was the program? also in the program? Yes. Are we talking about, I could be wrong. Are we talking about Mr. Sam? Uh, no, we are not. Mr. Mr. Sam. Oh, okay. A different Sam. Oh, <laughs> a different okay. Sam. A different Sam. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean there are definitely a lot of Sams in the program. I will say that. Um, <laughs> no, but he was his executive assistant. And uh, at that point, me and him were doing a lot of work together. So he was like, you know, this is a great opportunity to, to intern with Joey. So I was like, cool, I would love to. And I had met Joey like a few times before that. Uh, Joey happily accepted me as his intern. And that was awesome because it was it's a he runs his own company it's a full consulting firm which does everything from uh, marketing to playlisting to radio play to pr to just pretty much helping artists get their name out there so with that we were talking with spotify with mtv with iHeartRadio, with all of the the major players but also kind of you know full circle moment going back to the indie side because the artists he were working were not major label artists they were fully independent artists that were coming coming to joey for mm. for this for his experience and so experience, with that yeah. being able to learn how the consulting world works being able to learn how a lot of the behind the scenes in terms of um pr and and publications and you know write-ups uh spotify playlisting on the on that end all of that was cool because to me what i related a lot to was artist management so he technically was not a manager of artists but mm -hmm. kind of operated in that sense as right. as the consultant and so you know plugging yes. these mm -hmm. artists into places um knowing the right strategy of like mm, okay, I see you want like this placement, but now might not be the best time. Maybe like, let's make a plan so that we know when the, the right time will be, because that's a great idea. But you know, just really, you know, I have so much knowledge and experience in the industry right. and able to, to use that to help many artists. And for me, that was a, a big, big learning experience and big takeaway. Wow, got it. That's great. So is this where, so then where does the shift is? Where does the shift come? So like with Joey and interning here, is this where you decided to move your internship experience away from licensing and more into the, the marketing and branding piece? Kind of take me through kind of the rest of your internships after Joey and how that came Yeah, out. I think, well, I would say the shift totally happened with Universal. When I was there, that's okay. when I realized 
that marketing and management were the areas of the industry that I wanted to be in the areas that I thought personally were the coolest and, and that I thought that I felt the most equipped for and knew I had a lot to learn in, but knew that like my passion in that would, would result in, in what I want to do. So, and I would say because of like the creative aspect behind that and the business, true business minded sense that goes into to management as well is, is what really draws me to those. So universal, universal did that. And then I think my experience with Joey allowed me to really hone in on that. And then the other two internships with, um, alien music and crush room were great experiences. Crush room was a startup for a playlisting social media service. So they were doing a lot of beta testing, Mm. um, with Gen Z. So I was a big part of that. And working with that team. So that was a cool experience in the tech world. That was um, very different from anything else I had done. And then with Alien Music, big shout out to Ron, who I consider honestly one of my mentors. I met him through Collegium uh, freshman year uh, at the, mm. the program, which I think Collegium does not exist anymore, which is sad, but a separate conversation. And I had met him. Actually, funny thing about it, I've never met him in person. I met uh, this woman named Lynn Gonzalez, who is awesome, and a friend of Lynn has been a long time friend of mine. Wait, is she? She went to the program as well. She went to the program, was on the radio, um, and has been working in law and entertainment law and legal. Exactly. She and full circle there. She is on the board of the New York chapter of the Academy, so it was great to like. I, I think oh, when wow. I first when I first saw her, I was like, I know exactly who you are and, and gave her so much credit to a lot. And she was I don't know if she remembered me because obviously she talked to a bunch of students that day, but it was cool to have that moment with her and share share that. So Lynn is awesome. And so I met her freshman year and did the good old, you know, freshman go up to them at the end, send them an email after <laughs> and she, I guess, for some reason was like, I think you would and Ron would really get along. So just throughout the years, I've had phone calls with Ron and he always checks in with me. Um, So super nice guy. And he, we chatted during COVID and I was like, you know, a lot of internship programs like just ceased as well. Like Universal, uh, I was that cohort, like that spring of 2020 was the last time that they had an official Mm -hmm. internship program uh, for a few, I think for like a year or so at least until I graduated, I'm pretty sure they're fully back now, but because of COVID, a lot of the majors and major management companies, everything just kind of halted internship programs. So, um, Mm -hmm. the, like me and, you know, all my peers were at a little bit of a standstill. So that's why these, these other companies were, were popping up, uh, the more startups, the more consulting, uh, which were great opportunities for, for different areas. So, that is what led to alien and he he was like you know we could find a place for you and it was working with todd shout out to him todd sullivan out in la um who is a manager and a publisher and he does a lot in clearing hip-hop samples and that's what alien does that's their main thing mm. and they're involved in i mean they, right. they just did pink friday too they did the 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 new jack harlow song so they are at one of the top of the tops and so that was a really cool experience. Just like, mm. I mean, that it's like being a private investigator clearing samples. <laughs> yeah, like they are tracking people <laughs> down. Like if you sample someone's TikTok video of someone giving a speech, like you got to find that person who gave a speech who knows nothing about the music industry and like clear their <laughs> freaking speech. So that was a, a cool world. And, and me being such a, a hip hop head and a fan and a, of, the, of the genre and the culture, being able to see what right. goes into that and, and having known all of the background of just the, of sampling really from back when it was never cleared yeah. in the, like with De La Soul to now where it's still <laughs> oh, not yeah. always cleared, but very, very much try to make the effort to do so. Um, it's the nature of the genre mm-hmm. is just like putting it out. So it's also cool to see like it gets cleared after it's out as well. Right. Um, <laughs> right. But it's also opened up a great lane for independent artists that can be easier to get to and have less clearance issues to have their music played on different shows. 
because you can go right to them. A lot of times they're owning the song or they already know the producer. The, they may not even have the splits, but they right. can get that done fast and then you can get that song. Right, out. yeah. So it's really enlightening to just understand more in depth how that worked. And then it was cool because not anymore, but like a year before that, pretty much pre-COVID, I had a podcast at WNYU called um, Free Samples, which was all about sampling in hip hop with my good friend. Good oh, friend okay. Ethan, who uh, was not in the music business program, but was in the film and TV program and dramatic writing. And we had that podcast that we recorded in the WNYU studios. So oh, another nice. another NYU tidbit. And also, I haven't thought about that podcast in a while. Yeah. You're uh, bringing me down memory lane, Bryce. <laughs> that, sounds like a, that sounds like a podcast that we need to see an appearance of <laughs> Rich Dogs <laughs> about sampling and going into the crates. I'm sure that was his, I'm sure that was his bag. Right? <laughs> oh, that would be an iconic episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Man, just all this, you know, I, I really say it's interesting that you had, you have rather gone after, really pursued these internships and gotten so much out of them. And it gives you such a great level of experience. How is that all tied into what you're doing now at the, at the Recording Academy and at Volley Entertainment? Tell the people about wow, that. Wow, yeah, I think, I think the people skills, the customer service aspect not so like customer service but just interacting with people for i'm trying to think of like what encompasses all of the internship <laughs> that relates so i think like just efficiency in working so being able to say okay like this is what i have to get done and there's also a thousand other things i need to get done and especially while intern interning especially that last semester where i had three internships in one semester for my final semester um wow. on top of classes on top of all extracurriculars and just the craziness of that so being able to balance that and time manage i think is is just a big top level skill that applies to the academy applies to valley um right. two very different roles in what i do i would say but at the end of the day is a lot of with the academy interacting with members and members of the academy and helping them, whether it's as simple as, you know, I need a password reset or is, you know, they're asking for maybe, you know, like advice or, you know, opportunities within within the academy or how the academy works. So being able to, to display that information and really just become knowledgeable on a certain area to to share that with people. So whether it's the academy, whether it's Valley, whether it's just the music industry as a whole, or it was the internships where you know it, you're only there for a few months, but it takes that first couple of weeks to really hone in on what you're doing. That way, by I mean honestly, after the first month, like you should be an expert in, the, in this this task because a lot of the internships have you know every Friday pull this list or something like that. And so by like, you know, the third or fourth Friday, you should really know, like know how to do that, know how to do it efficiently and know how to do it um, correctly right. and efficiently. That way you finish it and it's like, all right, what's next? Like, what else can we do? Or how can I get ahead of it for next week? So that's like very cyclical. But I think in anything you do in any job, I, I feel like at any level as well, obviously I haven't experienced all levels, but at any level, uh, there's a lot of systematic things there's a lot of cyclical things and as long i'm a big believer i guess in systems um and especially at the academy mm. and with valley i make it a point to come up with a system that can speed up any process or automate i mean the beauty of ai mm, and, and all these digital programs we have now is that a lot of things can become automated which is, which is very helpful and very beautiful. And, and I like to, as much as I can, stay on top of that side of the tech world because I love tech, but I'm not a coder or anything in that, in that sense. Um, but being able to utilize it as a tool is, is so key, whether it's ChatGPT for just, I mean, at this point, anything, or, <laughs> or anything. Like, uh, <laughs> just simple automations or relay, relays within Google or Box or anything like that. Right. So then specifically kind of to build off that, 
talk about your roles at the academy. What do you do there? And talk about your role at Valley. What do you Yeah, so at the there? Recording Academy, I am the administrative, my full title is Administrative Assistant of National Member Engagement and Chapter Operations. So I work really closely. I'm in New York. I live here. So I work very closely with the New York chapter. And I work very closely with the Memphis chapter which the Memphis chapter oversees the region of New Orleans, Memphis, St. Louis, Mississippi, Alabama, and the New York region is a bit wider. It oversees all of New York City, which is obviously a, a huge music hub. Um, the the tri-state area, right. Eastern Canada, which includes Toronto, which is also a huge industry hub. Um, and then the UK and Europe, which is a, a whole continent. So, <laughs> um, and by oversee, exactly. that's all the members that are there and essentially all of the music hubs and music communities that are within those spaces. So my role, my day to day, I'm the chapter assistant. So that's helping with everything from programming initiatives that we're doing, um, whether it's programs, digital or, or um, ongoing, or it's specific events. So there's a lot of event planning that goes into that. We have uh, so, so I'm the assistant. So of course I support that because we have a, a project manager there who is the point person. Her name is Lauren, shout out to her. And then Nick is the executive director. So I'm his, uh, his assistant as well. So, you know, grad of the program, only a few years out, uh, doing expenses, doing calendar, you know, invites, managing the calendar, very assistant things. Um, that's an aspect of it as well. And yeah, really just, and then interacting with members and helping in any way, whether it's through award season or throughout the year, making sure that they know what opportunities are there from the Academy, um, whether it's related to the Grammy Awards or not. And then with Valley, um, mm -hmm. so Sam, who I mentioned, Sam Guyton fully runs the company and I help run operations there. So that's everything not related to music or sales, I would say. So that's how, back to the system side, how we run the company as a whole. So what uh, what programs we use, how we're doing certain systems, how we're sending contracts and organizing them and invoicing, um, how we're organizing our money, finances. Uh, right now it's the end of the season, so it's tax season, which is so much fun. So it's all 1099-ing all of our independent contractors that are the many musicians that we hire throughout the year for all of our events. Um, and then on events, it's event coordination, helping uh, the planner, being the liaison between the music and the entertainment, whether it's a band or a DJ and the planner so that the events yeah. run just as smoothly as possible. I always joke that for, especially for weddings, we're so in depth with them. And then on wedding, on the wedding day, I don't even see the bride or the groom or like talk to them really. Cause no. I'm just this shadow behind <laughs> no. the scenes, making sure that everything runs smoothly. Yeah. Um, so right. that, uh, that, and then of course, everything related to just, you know, growing the company and, and seeing what other opportunities are out there, what other events, what other private engagements, um, so that's a, a newer thing, very fun, definitely more so the business hat on that side, but still, still the music industry, which is cool. And I, what I say is that the academy and, and label side and all of that management is, is the commercial side, but the private event sector, right. the gigging musician, New York city side of it is something that, right. something that honestly, the, the program doesn't talk about as much. And something I didn't even really know about until now being in it and seeing how how robust it is being a full time, not myself, but everyone that we hire and, and work with are full time musicians. Yeah, I mean, you have yeah, the working musician economy is really from a scale standpoint, the global music economy, because there are so many gigging musicians, so many people creating music. Um, that there are various kind of offshoots of things you can do from a, from a behind the scenes standpoint um, that are kind of just business related that are not necessarily related to something like you said more commercial like working you know for a distributor or working for a publisher you know there are so many different facets of the industry and a lot of that has to do with that with that consistent musician or that uh, or that career right. musician. So cool. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, 
your experience is is great. You really embody just if I can use the I'll say the cliche word, the hustle of the <laughs> program <laughs> and how you've just consistently tried to up your skills and you know, it's it's definitely serving you well and will continue to serve you well, man. That's great. Um yeah, I've got two more questions before we get out of here. I ask all my guests this. First one, what are you curious about right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, just like I interpret it as I want, or is this like specific to the, the program or the industry? Oh, no, it could be anything. Like, what are you curious about I'm right curious now? curious about, well, I feel like my mind went to the industry. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> this might be the cliche, but just like the whole AI world and the progression and the exponential progression of it across the past year. Um, I It's funny, chat GPT just as like a, as a service, as a concept or whatever you can call it. Like I did not know about until I was, it was Grammy week and all Carlos, uh, Larry, Judy, all came from the program, all came out to LA. And it was me, Dean, who was another person from the program, and Sam, who I mentioned before, and Carlos were sitting down at a bar, and Carlos starts telling us about ChatGPT. And this was February. It was like a brand new thing, came out like a month ago. Right. People kind of knew about it, but like not really. And he broke it down for us, and I give him so much credit because that changed my life. <laughs> Use it all the time. But it was a great conversation because it was, yeah. even thinking about it from almost a year ago, the conversation we were having, we would have such a different conversation now, even though it hasn't even been a year, almost a year, but just the way that it's changed and the impact it has on, on our entire life and every single industry, but especially the music industry, whether, and, and the split that it creates where some people are like, it shouldn't be used at all. But then you have a lot of producers and engineers who use it as a tool, not as a, what some people might call like a cheat, you know, like just someone typing in, make a song. Whereas, you know, you can use it. I think we saw the best example with the new Beatles song where you use it as a tool, not generative. So it's not making music. It's not doing anything creative, but it's being right. used as a tool to, to enhance and do things creatively that you could never do before, but not something that it could do on its own. So there's obviously so many conversations happening about it now and, and a lot more smarter people about it than I, but I think it's really interesting to, to watch and watch live and be a part of it within the industry. And it's just to answer your question, I'm just very curious on, on the route that it'll go and, and the legality of it is something that I know is being widely yeah. discussed. And there's no solid conclusion because it's unprecedented. So it's it's very, very, very interesting. Yeah, it is. You're curious <laughs> like I am about it. We'll see kind of where that goes. <laughs> and and then the final question, if you could go back and talk to yourself on the first day that you started the program, what would you say to yourself? Wow. I'm trying to think of freshman year Logan. Probably had on a really good fit. <laughs> Freshman year, Logan, he just, he just got, he's fresh off his right. audition song. He's gotten in. He's ready um, to go. I feel like consuming, this is going to be like <laughs> uh, way too deep of an answer, but I feel like just in, in no, go, in, go there. I love it. In like the knowledge, I feel like I, of, of the industry and the history of it all, I feel like I didn't do that until until COVID, which was junior year, because I had nothing else to do. So I was at home and I like, <laughs> that's kind of set me on the path, subscribing to all the newsletters and, and all that stuff. And, and really, I feel like for the first time, staying so much up to date and reading so much about the current industry, about the past, about the, the players, the movers, the shakers. And so if I was to go back, it would be I think in my best interest to start that earlier. I think that side, but then also the business side too, and really diving into that and understanding that world of, of business as it relates to music, but also as it just relates to finance and just investments and, and real estate and, and that whole side, which are all things that I feel like I discovered later on. It's all, I mean, you're there for four years. It's a long time, but it's really not that long of a time. Right. So 
I feel right. like I'm, what I'm saying fast. is, you know, a two a two year head start essentially. Um, but that's kind of what's on what's on my mind now. So that's that's what I would go back to. No, that's no, that's something great. Just to kind of end it there. I mean, that's great reflection, and it was great having you on the show, everyone. That is Logan Delgado. Logan, thanks for coming on, man. It's a great conversation with you. I mean, it's always good. It's always good to talk to the more recent alums to kind of see how they're reflecting on their experience since it hasn't been too long. So I'm glad you came on and shared your story, man. I love what you're doing. Dude, appreciate I'm it, sure Bryce. So happy to you. be a part of this. I love what you're doing here. Uh, like you said, being on as a recent alum is cool. So I guess what that means is I got to come back in like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and then when you come back in 10 years we gotta i think the intro <laughs> will be a, a rich dog song we're gonna go ahead and start recording with him now just to, just to <laughs> appreciate <music>. it Bryce. <laughs> no thanks for, thanks for coming on logan i appreciate it um thank you everyone that is our episode um you can check me out if you want to follow me at bryce b88 on twitter thank you for listening uh stay tuned i'll have more episodes soon but until then Take care and be well. Thanks for listening to this episode of People from the Program. Be sure to check us out anywhere you listen to your podcasts and stay tuned for future episodes of the show. 